Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week three of our Advent sermon series called Luke's Christmas. And remember, what we're doing in this series is simply walking through the Christmas story according to the gospel of Luke to get at and then hopefully experience the real meaning of Christmas, which ironically is something that we're all pretty good at missing this time of year. So in week one, we jumped right into the story of Zach and Liz and what we discovered in, in their strange story is that God was going to give this old barren couple a child who would not only go on to become a great prophet, but then was going to be the opening act to God's grand entrance into the world. He's going to prepare the way. Then last week, we discovered that just when you thought it couldn't get any bigger than what happened to Zach and Liz, because let's be honest, an angel showing up in the middle of the temple is kind of a big deal. That same angel then shows up to a 12 to 15-year-old virgin girl in the middle of nowhere, Israel, Nazareth, to tell her not only is she going to have a child, but that she is going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit and give birth to God. Which were events that, that put into perspective that what's happening in this story, what's happening in these events, is the biggest thing to happen in the history of the world up until that moment. Now today, as we make our way into episode three, what we find happening next in this story is that it just keeps building. And that after Mary receives the crazy news that she is about to become the mother of God, Mary makes a trip to Zach and Liz's house because it seems she needs to be with some people who get what she's going through. And this is what happens. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Did, did you guys catch that? That's a little strange, don't you think? When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped within her womb. Or as soon as Liz hears Mary's voice, the child she was carrying jumped in her womb. And what that tells us is that what is going on here is so big that even unborn babies are celebrating. I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of strange, but it's amazing at the same time, right? But then the story just continues to build because after Liz's baby jumps, Elizabeth is then filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Talking to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the baby within my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, what I love about this moment is that after Elizabeth says this to Mary. It's like Mary gets what's going on. It's like a, a light comes on. And so she responds. She says this. 
my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Or it's like she just lets loose to begin to praise God because of all that is happening to her. Right? I mean, absolutely astounding. Or, or what I see going on here in this interaction are two women simply letting loose because they're finally in the presence of someone who understands what they're going through. It wouldn't think they're crazy if they talked about it. I mean, it must have been amazing. And oftentimes when we read these stories, we just kind of glance through them. We don't sit with them. We don't let the amazingness, the transformativeness that is going on there sit with us and speak to us. I mean, this is just absolutely mind-blowing. But even with all of that, this is where the story really starts to get interesting. Because after Mary gives praise to God, she then goes on to give us a sense of what it is that God is about to do through these two boys. Or why it is that God is doing all of this in the first place. She continues, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Or what it seems that Mary is getting at here with, with the proud and the powerful being cast down and the humble being lifted up and then the hungry being filled while the rich are sent away empty is that what's about to happen through the birth of these two boys is that God is going to be using John and Jesus to turn the world upside down. Or, or, or what is about to happen here is about the transformation of all things where God takes the world as it is and begins to make things right. Then to bring even more clarity to what it is that God is doing. What happens after Zach and Liz gives birth to their baby boy John. Is that Zachariah is then filled with the Holy Spirit. And he begins to prophesy. Right? He just continues to build. And what's so important about what God proclaims through Zach here. Is we get an even clearer picture. Of how it is that God is going to be transforming everything. Zach says this. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant, David. That's the part you really got to notice. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant, David. As he spoke through the mouth of the holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who Hate us. Or, or what Zachariah is proclaiming here, which builds upon what Mary said, is the reason why God has decided to show up into the world, the reason why Jesus is coming in the first place, is because things in this world are not as they're supposed to be. Or God's good creation is full of sin, corruption, evil, and death. And what it needs, what it needs more than anything else, is a Savior. Right? Someone to come and make things right. Or to push this logic even further by bringing to mind Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, everything he was about. What Luke is telling us about the meaning of these events, which oftentimes a lot of modern people miss, is that Christmas 
is not just about God coming down to earth to save us from our sins so that we can then get into heaven. Although that's a part of it. It's a big part of it. No, what Christmas is all about is the coming of God into the world as our Savior. And the way that God goes about saving the world, reconciling the world, is taking the world and our lives as they are and making things right. Or like a property owner has to go in and fix and clean up and restore a house that has been destroyed by renters. God is showing up to clean up this broken and sinful world because of what we have done to it. Which includes, but it's not just about getting into the afterlife. Christianity is bigger than just the afterlife. It's also about the here and now and how we live. And where Zachariah and Liz's boy fits into all of this, right? Because it's both of them. They're a part of this process in the world. Is that he's the one who goes before Jesus to prepare the way. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins which is exactly what we find John the Baptist doing through his ministry of baptism and calling people back to God. Do you guys hear that beautiful sound in the back there? So mom and dad are back there freaking out going, he is messing up the sermon. He is not messing up the sermon. He is adding to it. I am boring up here, right? He is exciting back there, so don't you guys worry about it. (laughs) Okay. So what I hope you're seeing, now that we have made our way through the first three episodes of Luke's Christmas, is that again, Christmas really doesn't have anything to do with our Christmas traditions or with what Christmas has become. And and please don't think that I'm a Scrooge up here in, in saying that you guys can't do any of that stuff. You can't. Those things are beautiful and wonderful, but you have to keep them in their place and understand that they really don't have anything to do with Christmas. Because what Christmas is really all about is the creator of the universe, or God himself, stepping down out of his existence to become one of us as our Savior. And what God has come to do as our Savior is that God has come to take the world and our lives as they are in all their brokenness and corruption And begin the long and difficult work of making things right. To save, redeem, and to restore all things. Or to really get at the meaning of Christmas in the simplest way I know. I want you to look closely at the diagram that I'm putting up on the screen. And the first thing I want you to do is notice and stand in awe of my ability to create an amazing diagram. I can't, you know, this is my second calling being a minister. But this, this is amazing. It's so simple that sometimes we miss it. So what the horizontal line represents here is the world as it's supposed to be. The world as it could be if we lived according to the will of God. While the line that is angling down is meant to represent the fall or what the world has become because humans have chosen not to follow God's will which in turn puts into perspective the huge disconnect that has happened between the way God created the world to be and the way the world actually is. And where Christmas fits into all of this 
is that it shows us that the reason Jesus came into the world, the reason why God has come into the world as our Savior is, again, to take the world as it is and all of its sin, corruption, and death and begin to bridge the gap, right? Slowly but surely move the world closer to what it's supposed to be. Or what this diagram makes clear is that, that what God has done by coming into the world is he stepped down out of his perfect existence where everything is as it's supposed to be into our existence where things aren't even close to what they're supposed to be. And the reason he did that was to do the hard work of making things right in the here and now, which is about the salvation of our souls as we give our lives to Christ. But it's also about how we live. It's about how we treat others. It's about how we love. Or ultimately, the reason God came into the world is what we pray all the time when we say the Lord's Prayer. I say it all the time in here, right? Causing God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bringing heaven to earth is another way we talk about it. Come on now. In a world, in a world where we are facing a pandemic, now it looks like we've got a little bit of hope, but who knows what's going to happen. In a world where left and right are doing nothing but going back and forth at each other. In a world where disease and sickness and death continue to happen. What you will find the creator of the universe doing, because that's why he came. Just taking the world as it is and making it better. Right? We got a long way to go. And we mess things up still. And we probably won't get there without God coming back. But this is what Christmas is about. This is what God came to do. And it's exactly why you're not going to find the meaning of Christmas in a gift, decoration, or any kind of family tradition. This is about the transformation and the restoration of all things. Let us pray. Father, the truth is, we're really good at missing out on the meaning of Christmas because of what Christmas has become. So help us, O oh Lord, not go crazy and, and throw all our traditions out like they don't matter, like they're not meaningful, but instead to put those traditions in their place so that we can focus in on what's most important. The amazing fact that you, the creator of this infinitely big universe who knows all things, came into the world in the helpless baby child. And you came to save us. You came to set us free. You came to take this broken and sinfulness that we live in and make things right. So, Lord, for this Christmas, help us to not only see that, but help us to begin to live that. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. 
May you have a blessed week.